This episode of Everything Hurts is brought to you by Prolific. Prolific helps researchers find research participants on demand with a pool of 75,000 active participants in North America and Europe. Everything Hurts listeners who want to give online sampling a go can get $50 in free Prolific credit that they can use to recruit participants. Just go to prolific.co forward slash everything hurts. That's prolific.co forward slash everything hurts. I think there's a, 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 a large collective focus on you all need to learn all of this stuff within the parameters that we've set. And that's also obnoxious and highly unrealistic for a lot of people. Where basically they're saying, here's the, here's the expectation and you should, you should mess up your nights and weekends trying to meet how all of it works in the first place. Welcome to Everything Hurts. My name is Dan Quintana from the University of Oslo, and I'm here with James Heathers from Northeastern University. James, how you going? What's happening? Uh, uh, a great deal. A lot. I'm, I'm together. I'm with it. I'm hip. That's, I'm all, that, that's alleged- what you asked for. I'm allegedly cogent. How are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing good. Doing good here. Noise. Oh, well, it's nice to know you're doing good. You look like you've got a special little smile on your face today. Well, it's it's because um, I've got a, a nice little thing in my hot little hands, which I'm going to talk about a little bit later. Um, we won't, we won't bring Ooh, it up now. What's he got in his pockets? I've got uh, some special stuff that we are going to circle back to. Um, but look, we're, we're going to jump straight into our, our first topic today, um, which is this yeah. idea- Let's get straight into it. We we actually we strangely right. we, we we before we get into it, um, we 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 got a complaint from our hundredth episode going. Um, why did it take you twenty minutes to get into the to get into the good stuff? And um, you know, <laughs> you saw that one on the um, you, James. Well, yeah, that's it. I mean, this is it, it's a it's a, a question of not being able to keep. Uh, you 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 can't ride two horses with one ass, and a lot of people have told me. I had a tremendous amount of fear of dickering about on a podcast, um, and then we sort of accidentally fell into it. And then people wrote to say, "Oh, I like it. Yeah, I like how it's more casual now, and that you sort of get there eventually. It's not quite as punchy." Yeah. Um, and other people have written to say, "What do you fucking talk so much?" <laughs> You can't please everyone. <laughs> you see, that's the thing. We're, like, we're very happy to do both. It's just uh, I have no idea where the needle ends up landing. Um, obviously, when we have guests, we don't try and waste everyone's time. But, um, you know, yeah, what can you do? What can you do, Daniel? Let's actually you- do a topic, though, because I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to this one. This is one of Dan's little ideas. He has his little ideas. He brings them to me. Um, I do or don't agree to talk about them. Most of the time, he goes, let's talk about oxytocin again. <laughs> and then he takes his shirt off and starts rubbing his nipples furiously. And I say, no, let's not do that. Let's do that other idea you had, which is actually good. And what is it, Dan? <laughs> this one is a um, this is a good one. And this is talking about, look, in, in the tech world, there's this idea of a full stack developer. Oftentimes, you'll see a job ad going, we are looking for a full stack developer. And what that means is, is someone who is a jack of all trades, who can do front end development, back end development, design, finance, marketing, um, management. What? What? The whole thing. Do you re- do you really think that's what Im- that's what's implied? With with a full stack developer that they can do all these things. Okay, well, I, I'm, I I don't know about I don't know about fucking marketing. 
Well, it's, okay, m- maybe for a very, very early startup, but um, for sort of a mid-side startup, then then you are looking for someone that can do front-end, back-end, uh, a bit of design, um, and some management on the side. All that, all that to say, um, it's it's okay, going. That's away. not my ex- that's not my experience of what a full stack developer is. What it means is, it's you are doing more than one thing. Quite often in a big organization, you'll get someone who specializes at one thing. There's someone who can do a front end development, back end development, all that kind of stuff. But um, there is there has been calls for people that to, to do all that stuff. Look, when we, we can we can look look at definitions all day. But what I'm really trying to say is that. This seems to be the way that a lot of research is going, both explicitly when you look at job applications, um, but also implicitly with the expectations of what people should be doing for their jobs. Gone are the days, you know, 20, 30 years ago, where you would just be sitting in your lab doing the research, writing your stuff, collecting your data. Nowadays, just despite the fact that administrative uh, budgets uh, uh, or administrative staff are, are increasing, the administrative burden on researchers continues to increase, and the types of roles that we're expected to have is also increasing. When it comes to um, you know fundraising, for one, writing writing grants, putting all the time going into that, um, uh, science communication. I think we've touched on this a little bit before. What is the responsibility? Should we actually farm this out to people who do this? Because it's what they're good at, or are researchers expect, expected to do this? But it all comes back down to this idea of researchers, should they just be paid to focus on their research or is it fair to have this expectation that they should be doing a bit of everything? James. Mm. Okay, yeah, I'm still going to backtrack and take issue with your what I thought was a rather crap definition. Um, this is it, basically in, in software, I think that's like a two-sided thing, which means these days like everyone writes as much JavaScript as possible in every, uh, every possible angle. You know, if there's a surface, put JavaScript on it. Um, it's different in hardware where you have sort of firmware and bare metal and heavy-duty old-school programming as well as, you know, working with an OS and on the way up. So, I don't know about they need to help out with the fucking marketing. I think it's more sort of crossing crossing domains of engineering, but I don't know. Maybe I've worked with too many engineers. Certainly, your point is well taken, as in you're now doing everything. So, let's backtrack slightly less and talk about all the things that you're supposed to do. If you're the ostensive scientist slash academic in your little lab doing them alone, um, what are all the things you need to do? Well, obviously, we have write papers and we can write papers, write academic output to be put into a special output table to make you a fancy man or lady. Actually, ladies are already fancy. I guess it'd be man or woman. Um, Let's not get sidetracked, James. So what are you doing if that's the case? Well, you're doing the actual experimentation, which a lot of the time means that you're doing uh, either programming or survey design. Um, You're doing the statistics. Um, You're doing the writing. Um, you are doing the kind of handling the administrative elements of publishing itself. You are handling local administrative tasks in the laboratory. You're making budgets. You are writing grants. You are handling the identity of your laboratory or department on an interdepartmental level sometimes. So you are going to faculty meetings and telling the dean not to take away the water cooler, shit like that. Um, There's probably a whole bunch of other stuff. So let's think about that in terms of who we don't have through that 
that kind of uh, that that list of tasks. Who, who's who's missing? Who could we add? Well, obviously, we could add a direct administrative assistant that doesn't work for the department in general. Um, you could add a, someone who's a kind of a, an executive assistant um, in the role of like file this paperwork as me. Uh, submit this article as me. I mean, some people get their grad students to do that, but I, that's fairly uncommon. It's pretty common in Germany. Well, uh, what does that tell you? Um, the, only con- the only country still to be celebrating the fact they wear leather trousers. Um, that stuff should be confined to the internet, guys. You know that. Um, the the individual elements of the paper i mean i think a lot of the time you're talking about I mean, who would we add ideally to this as a process and I, the first thing two things that come to my mind are obviously a programmer and a statistician because a lot of stimuli are administered to a lot of things and also I mean, if you have gone into hard science obviously you end up with like service techs and there's a point going into the harder sciences where, I mean, you can't calibrate your own PCR equipment. You probably can't like swap the parts out on your electron microscope, you know? Mm. I, I'm pretty sure they won't let you just like take a 5 8 wrench to the side of the fMRI to get a little bastard <laughs> working Bring again. Bring a screwdriver in. So every, every, every job, every industry has fragmentation and there are tasks which become difficult to do because there has to be maintenance of uh, local processes or equipment and those are increasingly outsourced in the kind of historical context so all of that being said is the is the broadness is the broadnesses too broad well let's start with an observation the observation is that when you're super fancy you are a super fancy person running super fancy lab that is significantly ameliorated a lot of the time because your role becomes append your name to grants, occasionally write them, continually network and talk to people and duck the rest of the day-to-day stuff entirely. The very fancy labs have lab managers for the on-ground stuff. Uh, A lot of them employ grant writers as well, which is not Uncommon. I think it's probably becoming more common at the super fancy labs. Right. Okay. Um, there are so basically your 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 point at that point in time is you're you're making strategic decisions and you're representing being the public face of the work that's actually being done. Right. You haven't you haven't put a finger on a microscope in anger in years. So the problem is, I mean, that and I'm assuming that people who get to that level know what they're signing up for. The problem happens when you pull it down. And I think it's probably worse at about the sort of assistant professor kind of level or the lecturer level in some countries. Um, there's, I know there's lots of different names or same sorts of things. So if that's the case, you may be collecting your own data, doing your own actual bench work or in the social sciences, people work, doing your own analysis, doing your own writing, um, handling your own uh movement through the publication process because the the problem at that point in time is it's because of the pressure that you must simultaneously uh, write grants and fancy papers to maintain your uh, etc right and you very definitely need to do both if you just wrote cool papers um, unless it's a very specific field 
Like if you were working in number theory, no one's. Uh, it's it's much less inherent on you to have um, you know, you don't need a program grant for fucking pencils. Um, you needed to pay staff basically. The other component problem of this is a lot of the time when you get a PhD student, a lot of the PhD component is, even if it's not very well handled, is supposed to be training. So they don't hit the ground running doing stuff. You take people on the basis of potential and their achievements in sort of congruent areas a lot of the time. But when you hire a lab manager and they start on Monday morning, you start going, right, here's all the shit that you're going to handle. And if they're not handling it by Wednesday, you start to think, oh, I should have got a lab manager who was kind of quicker on the ball, which is not a PhD. A PhD, I referred to it the other day, is like leaving someone in a room and meeting them once every two months and giving them a performance evaluation after a year. There's not a lot of other jobs like that. So now I've talked for a lot, but I'm going to say one more thing um, to just make this a little bit personal is I definitely can't fully do i know too many people who are too good at the sort of interior details of the task that i have to do uh, there's one thing well maybe a few that i'm really good at and it's why people talk to me um i'm gotten a lot better at writing grants i wouldn't say i was good by any stretch of the imagination some people are just it's, it's a combination of kind of experience and vision i think but mainly experience where you're good at parceling up what needs to be said in order to ask someone for the cash that you can stick skill. it in it's your a, ears and run to, yeah so also i don't think anyone expects anyone at my career stage to be fantastic at that so i'm Probably, oh, maybe I'll give you a better than median. There's certain analytical and recording tasks that I'm pretty good at. There's some fairly domain-specific types of signal analysis. I have definitely have enough experience to interpret. Um, writing really is the center of what I do, as you're probably well aware. Um, I don't find writing very hard. I find it extremely straightforward which comes from, you know, like reading at age three or whatever it was. I used to horrify my parents' friends by flipping open the encyclopedia. Oh, he's looking at the pictures. He's not. He's reading about tanks again. Um, That's the easy part. But, you know, I give myself an average statistician at best. I don't have any experience in like forming really broad coalitions. I can be appalling at administrative tasks, as you, who organizes a podcast with me, should be occasionally aware. Um, there's other bits and pieces, like all up and down that kind of chain. Um, some people are very good at integrating new knowledge really fast, like learning out how something should be solved. That takes me a good long while. Not very good at it. So... It's very unfortunate to have a role. I really don't like the idea of having being able to do this. And I know some people who are very critical of this in the sort of engineering kind of sense, you know? Like, you know how so – you're, you're going to just write JavaScript at every possible angle for every possible reason, right? Oh, okay, you're going to do like uh, MongoDB and Node and everything else in between. And if you go, oh, let's all be great at all of it, come on, man. There's only so much time in the day. There's only so much experience you can have. I do um, want to ask you, though, like when sort of up and coming during your PhD, even where you're at right now, is the overall message that you get from the higher-ups when it comes to your career, is the overall message focus on 
one or two bits of expertise and get really good at it? Or is it you have to get good at everything? What is the message that you're getting overall? You mean me personally or from everyone uh, else? Just, just a general environment, what, what everyone's getting. Okay. I, I think- I think there's a, 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 a large collective focus on you all need to learn all of this stuff within the parameters that we've set. And that's also obnoxious and highly unrealistic for a lot of people. And basically they're saying, here's the, here's the expectation and you should, you should mess up your nights and weekends trying to meet how all of it works in the first place. I made a deliberate decision to kind of double down on things that I knew I was good at and enjoyed or I, I would have quit a long time. I mean, if you made me your grant coordinator, for instance, how well do you think that would go? <laughs> throw you out the window. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. By, 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 well, by week I, two. <laughs> if I didn't throw you out the window first, right? <laughs> okay, okay. At so the same we time, have- I, wouldn't, I wouldn't trust you to write a grant for me because you can barely speak half the time. <laughs> so, I assume that they're related. You'd think so. But look, we have, we, have, we have this overall message that you need to be good at all these things. Why? But if it's unrealistic, why are we pushing this on people? Is it, on, is it in the hope that we're going to find this one superstar? Um, it, it, there's this idea in programming that all you, have to, all you have to do is find that one person that is worth 10 people and you're good to go. So, spend your time finding that. Um, why are we pushing this no. on people? Like, why? Because it's – look, it's a, it's a combination of the resources not being – available. I don't know how many people have had this thought. They're originating with local admin at their university who are administrating a task and they work for the university. And you have two not very nice thoughts more or less straight away. One, why are you administering this thing when you appear to be incapable of administering more or less anything? I'm surprised all the plants on your desk aren't dead at this point in time. Or maybe you spend more time watering them than answering my goddamn emails. And the other thing is, obviously, I don't rate assistance for all of these things to do at this point. And I know that this gets worse because I know people who are more senior than me who are not even when they're complaining about it, but I'm interested in the processes. So I look, I look while they're doing something, like what are they filling out now? What meeting is that? What What do they have to be involved in? So part of it is the kind of preparing people for a realistic expectation of exactly what's going to happen which is honest in a way. But the other part is the accepting the fact that, you know, you've got to be all things to all people and you, you've got to get your shit real chewed up by this business. This is the whole I – mean, the problem is really at the end of the day. This, you know, do you know any average accountants? I know average accountants are people who just go around and account stuff. Yeah, I, mean, I haven't they- found out what that – yeah. It's fine to be an average – lawyer but i don't see a lot of people who are my age who kind of lucked into something being an average scientist it's too noisy it's too hard to do the differentiation thing and it 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 breeds a certain kind of well if you're capable at all of these things and fucking have a few more and when you're done, volunteer on something that looks good on one of the 97 statements we're going to ask you about. Like, how do you feel about, um, you know, what's what's your personal policies on transparency? Like, are the, are the, put your transparency record on the thing. You go, well, I wish I'd known that was important five years ago. I could have done a whole lot more work on making that important. And obviously, I think that is important. But the whole thing is that, you know, you get hyper-competent, anxious, driven, unsupported people. 
and you just keep stacking wood on them because you can. And that's how organizations work. Right? It's like, well, if you continually tell everyone everything's possible, you're just going to get more shit. And there's no local mechanism for you to push back against that. There's no there's no way to go, oh, okay, well, you know, I feel very lucky to be here considering there are 310 people who applied for my job. But uh, I don't want to go to faculty meetings. Fuck you. I wonder if anyone's ever said that. <laughs> and if they have, I'd like to meet them. I feel like we'd be friends. Look, I think this also speaks to this idea that what we're going to see now is the rise of online services which are going to do the job of all these things. For instance, hmm. you've got things like um, it's either A, um, spend the money to get a graphic designer, B, find someone who happens to be good at research and also does graphic design, or C, use an online service, something like buy a render, which does it for you. Um, it could be like I, I got a pitch recently from this company that's like we're, we're doing social media for scientists. We're going to help boost your altmetric score. Yeah, so it's either farm your farm your, your your work out to them to do it, or to find a student. So more and more, we're going to actually see these things. Hang on, how are they going to boost your altmetric score, as in like a consultant basis? I've, I have no idea. I assume they do tweets on your behalf. Um, I, I, I don't know. But I that's even- just changing the metric. That's not making more people read it. No, but if they do it, if they do it correctly, then they can they can spread it and more people can retweet it. Um, they can promote your if work. If they do it correctly, if they if they if they, if they do it well, look, is I, this is this an honest organization? I didn't reply to them because they didn't look very honest. I didn't. They basically emailed me going, "Hey, we want to, we want you to to test drive our services. Um, we're willing to let you give it a go for free. See what you think." Um, Man, if the peer reviewers aren't going to fucking read it, how is a like bunch of twats in a startup who can't write you a cogent email going to actually put it? That's what it's supposed to be measuring. Yeah, yeah, right? it, w- it was. Yeah, so I never. Okay, so it sounds like they're going to game the altmetric statistics so you can claim that your work has a broader impact. Yeah, so it's it's like un- the people who were suddenly boosting Apple Podcasts some years back who figured out that uh, all you needed to do was pay a fella in Bangladesh to just uh, spoof his IP and download. Every episode you ever had, Look, over and over again. Go, going by the website, I don't think they were saying we're gonna we're gonna farm out your you know we're, we're not gonna fake it, but they're basically saying that we're gonna help you create media. We're gonna create really nice videos in order to actually get your work out there. That was the basic uh, idea. Not right. not like okay. we're gonna be dodgy, which which, which is possible, okay. but it was like we're gonna help your social media game. And I think more and more now that we actually expect people to get better at these things, lab managers and, and lab leaders are gonna go. Let's just give it to this. For, for instance, um, graphic designers are really expensive. Um, I think they're getting a lot of work. I emailed one a few weeks ago going, hey, I, I want to pay you money to draw a thing for me. Never, never got back to me. So, obviously, business is doing well for them. Um, but they're expensive. Why spend all yeah. this money when you can get a pretty good service online? Why, why, why go to a designer when you can use Canva? Canva is incredible. It's free. And I think even the pro one is free if you're a student. It's, it's amazing. There are all these things out there which are popping up taking the place why have a lab manager when you have all these um, amazing things online f- for for organizing your lab which which automate all these things so i think we're going to see this more and more and i think this is a good thing because it means that we can actually get back to doing the research i i, I don't know um i think 
you, you can take one view that this well, it's is a good get- thing for you. I don't know if it's a good thing for the people who might normally have had a job that you could work with in a normal workplace. And at the, the end of the day, you 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 remind me of one of those data processing people from the expanse who's just sitting in a darkened room with a data helmet on as you frantically wave things that come in through the air. I don't know. Maybe that's um. It would would it be? I mean, so the the alternatives sound ridiculously progressive. Though. I'll give you that. I mean, let's say we had a department graphic designer who helped you out with all the other things. But some people have consultants and shit like that. But you don't have a graphic designer where you just go and get their time. Um, we had some visualization consultants here, and I emailed one of them. They're like, "Oh yeah, I haven't done that for six months. A website's out of date." So that's generally where it ends up a lot of the time. Um, it's not something that people pursue seriously down to the ground i mean it's like all of that facing stuff those things are for brochures you know they're mm. for convincing people to give you money when they're when they're 17 not for helping you do your work when you're 35 um well certainly look i mean there's obviously niches within that and assuming that you can use funds that are designed to for using research because the idea of spending your own money on doing something like that's pretty fucking abhorrent to me that that should be expected you know i mean this is a business i mean maybe you wouldn't have to pay tax on it or something but it's yeah look would 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 i use some of the things you just said what are some more examples i don't know i'm still thinking about it okay so we've got uh canva for basic design um free free if you're if you're if you're academic um, we've got, um, BioRender. I don't remember the cost. I think it's like 15, 20 US. So mm-hmm. if you're a PhD student, yeah, that, that, that's expensive. Um, but if, if you're a lab with some okay amount of money, then that's entirely reasonable. Um, of course, mm. you've got things like Slack. Um, we use Slack for free. Um, but it has its limits. Um, the, um, I, I don't remember how much the, um, the, the pro plan is. You didn't is. even know what it was when I signed up. You'd be, ugh, never mind. <laughs> um, uh, look, those those are the main ones that I can think of right now when it comes to, to, to organizing your lab. Um, look, e- even simple things like our our logo, yeah, our logo. We could have paid someone to do it, but we put the we we, we put a tender out there on uh, ninety nine designs, and we said we want this thing. Um, this is how much we're paying, and then we had like fifty people pitch us designs. Um, just yeah. there there are a, a lot of things like that. This, this, this also comes down to this See, idea that, of the gig, the gig economy. That works well and doesn't feel particularly exploitative because they have no idea what we want and they take their best shot and it's something that can be done really fast. And then you – because it, it's very difficult to communicate that. It's much easier when you see it. I like the refining process where we said we like three or four of them and suddenly another 10 designs turned up that were really, really similar. It's like, oh, yeah, now you're <laughs> ah, getting it. Now you're yeah, – yeah. it's iterating over time. Yeah, mm. absolutely. And I know people who do that for a living. We're, we're throwing that shit together in a couple of minutes. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a logo. Um, and then, you know, then you, you pay the money for the logo and it's a, it's all well and good. Oh, and we were quite clear on uh, what we liked. So yeah, I guess what which is that? Which is that one again? Ninety nine designs. Ninety nine designs. Yeah, that's right. There's a, there's a bunch of of similar services that do that. Would you use something like that for a paper or a, a grant if um, it was a, I a complicated could, diagram? Um, I I don't know. I would um I would either try in something like via render um or if you needed something if you needed a I mean you can get anything you want if you wanted an il- illustration. You could put the pitch out there going, I want a science illustration, and somebody would do it. 
And the good thing is you can say, I want something that looks something like this. You can actually sort of put up ideas. You could actually post screenshots of other papers. And mm. um, if, if, the, if the price is right, somebody will do it. It's guaranteed to be much cheaper than what you can get um, locally or online because you have a bunch of people doing it. But, um, you know, the, the prices are still quite ethical. Um, I think we, you know, a, a couple of hundred or it, it depends though. The more pro people, the, the higher you are offer to pay, the more pro people that you're willing to attract. You might strike gold and get someone just, who's just starting out who's really good. Um, but um, Well, it also it might, it might not matter much at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, if you get a whole bunch of ones that you only half like, people can be very precious about stuff like that. But yeah. let's not let's not get bogged down to designs. We've got Canva BioRender, you've got Slack, you've got 99 designs. You seem to be on a kick recently of, of giving th- people things to look at. You just love optimizing your life, don't look, you? It's infuriating. I'm, I'm trying this new thing and it's blowing my Is mind. Is it tact yeah. and sense and hygiene? <laughs> it's tact. Yeah, tact, tact works well, I, I've learned. This thing, <laughs> this thing is called Notion. Yeah, Notion. It sounds like a singles bar. <laughs> Not quite. This thing is is Notion, and um, it is. I, I don't know how to explain it. Um, when it comes to organizing your to do lists, um, doing Kanban boards, um, doing tables. It's just, it's one of these things that you just have to, you just have to start doing it when it comes to organizing how you're doing your work. Um, it's free for academics. If you use an EDU address, you can log on. I've tried so many different, um, to do lists, um, all these apps. I, I used to do Asana, but it just didn't quite click. Um, but the moment I tried this one, I'm like, man, this is it. This is going to be the way that I felt about Slack going. Every academic is going to use this in two years time. Um, I'm, I'm calling it. Every academic is going to be using Notion in two years' time. There it is. Mm. Pre-register that. There's a few people is that I found. that right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it, and it's, it's amazing. I'm, I'm so impressed. <sighs> you so, don't have any kind of resistance to the increasing sort of managerialism that goes over the top of everything, do you? Every time there's a new little toy, I hope you a more try efficient, it. smiley little fella. I know. And you want to <laughs> like it. And then you smile about it and tell everyone, and there's something vaguely distasteful about the whole thing. Why? Why? I don't know. Maybe because it's you. <laughs> Maybe because it feels like aspects of kind of predatory corporate culture are increasingly being salted through what we're expected to do. Maybe because no matter how well you organize it, it's never going to stop pressing on your bandwidth. And the idea of just having more to do all the time when you already have tasks that are completely open-ended. This is something that people that don't talk about enough. You say, we've got, say we're one of these full stack malarkeys and suddenly at some point in time you get everything done. Just imagine that. No emails, no papers, no ongoing projects and you're not out starving in the street because the NIH told you to pound sand and not talk to them anymore. What nice. immediate? There's, there's no. This is this immediately inherent on you to go out and find something else to do. There's no way. There's no end. There's no way to be good enough. And I know people who like they do their job. They finish work at half past three. They run out of shit to do for the day because they they can't talk to Cindy until half past nine the next morning. And they just have oh, fuck it. We'll go to the beach. I wish I knew more people who did what we did and had lives like that. And 
I don't know. All of this feels like every effort to help you a lot of the time feels like that what they're doing is creating more space in your chest so they can cram in more liquid plutonium. That would be true if there's this whole idea that the reason that all these tech startups actually ply their employees with laundry and daycare services and be on tap is to get them to stay in the office for longer. But these services, they're not things that are getting pushed on us from, from administ- administration. These are things that we're trying ourselves so we can actually do this. Look, this has become more important to me. Um, I, I actually do. I want to spend time with my family now. Now that's become really important to me. So if I can get what's more- the problem? I mean, well, that's that's an endless task because you keep growing your bloody family. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> you turn I'm, doing, I'm doing, doing it on hard mode. Uh, uh, hard mode. Doing 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 academia on hard mode. Um, I'll look, go so- and do it in Madagascar dance. Cheer up. <laughs> Look, so I, I, want, I want to spend more time with my family, obviously. Um, so in order to do that, I, I need to get more stuff done when I'm actually sitting down and working. So this is why I'm interested um, in, in in all these things. And um, yeah, check it out. Notion, huge fan. It's gonna be massive. Um, you know what? Against against my reservations, I will closely inspect your notions, Daniel. <laughs> Welcome to 2020, it's the Methodological Terror Zone. As research progresses and we find out more about the best way to deploy the measurements that we take from the world, a series of concerns have arisen around whether or not data collected in survey platforms on the internet to do research is representative, ethical, and trustworthy. One company who is endeavouring to answer those specific questions, which are pretty good questions, is Prolific.co. Go to Prolific.co slash Everything Hurts and get $50 of free trial credit and pilot yourself a study. See what you can find. There's no risk except maybe, well, maybe the arse will fall straight out of your favourite hypothesis and you'll have to start thinking about what you're researching from scratch. Sorry about that, but disappointment can be more accurately yours and sooner and in a more trustworthy manner with Prolific.co, the exclusive supporter of the Everything Hurts podcast. Welcome back to Everything Hurts. Um, we we, <laughs> we have uh, recently launched uh, Everything Hurts merchandise, or as James has coined it, Merchandise. <laughs> yeah, that's that's impossible to say. And um, that was on an evening. And um, uh, basically, I got this beer, right? It's a local beer from um, a, a brewery that's just uh, down the road from us in Boston uh, called Lamplighter. And the, the, it's, a, it's a honey IPA. And it's called Lawyer's Guns and Honey, which is a fantastic name for a beer. Um, I didn't realize it was strong. And I, I, I had some samples. It was sampled. And then I came up with the name Merchandise when I was getting all excited because I got me a hoodie with the podcast logo on it. Yeah. Um, which everyone likes. I'm surprised at the – look, even people who don't know what the podcast is, like friends of mine who don't have no reason to listen to this bullshit – uh, have been quite complimentary. I like it. I like the way that the logo looks on it. It looks a little bit kind of distressed, which is cool. It looks like it'll wear okay. I can get very fussy about hoodies because obviously death metal, what's mandatory? What's the mandatory outer layer of clothing for someone who's black, a metalhead? Black, black well, if it's, if, it's not, if it's not a leather jacket or a battle vest, 
It's a hoodie. So I've owned several and I have worn this one preferentially a lot since I've got it. And what else have we got? We've got mugs and t-shirts and uh, there's one. What's the one that's like the branding stamp so you can put it in the middle of your forehead? <laughs> I like that one. That was a nice touch, Dan. Yeah. That, I, I hope it comes with heating instructions. Yeah, it's all, it's all on there. So you can see, walk around and show, show, your, <laughs> show your love for hurts. You've got uh, tote oh, bags, stickers, uh, mugs. We'll be giving out a few a few mugs. Um, and we've um, look for, for the next- We're selling these basically, basically at cost price. Um, but we, um, for people who are listening to this episode, we're going to put a special discount code in the show notes, which is going to give you um, essentially um, cost price Hertz gear, which is going to be valid for about uh, for about two weeks from when the episode airs. And we've also got a deal but, going. Oh people. yeah, we we never we never lead with that. We got people thinking, oh, it's sell out profit taking fuckers. <laughs> your your margin on these is margin razor. Thin. It's razor razor thin. <laughs> so normally it's a razor thin margin enough to give us uh, sort of. Um, so we could do discounts all the way, but yeah, anyone who's a Hertz patron gets them for essentially for cost price. Um, and yeah, we'll see how we go. We've even got um, oh yeah, that's right. Okay, so you you've got a code. The code goes on Patreon. Yeah, and if you use the code, it's you get the discount three like percent above cost or something. Yeah, yeah, it's basically like because there's some service chargey something something. Yeah, yeah you yeah. explained it all to me, and now I'm poorly explaining it to everyone else over the top of you because welcome to the fucking party. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so check- um, it looks pretty. It looks pretty dope. Um, I've seen half a dozen on. Twitter, uh, people who've got different things, they uh, write to me to show me. Thank you. You're all very pretty. Um, and if someone asks you what it is, look very judgmentally at them and say, it's the best podcast in the world, you nasty little ogre. And then look down your nose and walk away and then later email them a copy of this episode so they have context. Yeah. <laughs> that is that is the plan. So, yeah. So, we're going to see how this goes. Um, of course, we can we can open it up a bit and I'm, I'm looking at potentially getting some some hats which is a bit harder than than, than you'd think. Um, is and, it? Yeah, because you need to embroider the design. And uh, Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking into yeah, that. You can't, I, I, you can't screen print a hat in a hurry, can you? No. So, I've, I've done a test run of a single hat. So, I want to see what it actually looks like, which which should a come in pretty soon. A single hat. But, yeah, Are you going to wear it? I will wear it when it comes in. No. I mean, would you wear it on the episode? I mean, I see like a, a benefit and a drawback. <laughs> the, the benefit, it's, it's going it's to look amazing. No, well, that's as maybe. I mean, I'll ha- only have to look at the bottom two thirds of your head, which is a hell of a good start. Cover the old. You have to wear headphones to record the podcast. It can go over. Drawback. It works. I've I've tried it with another. Really? Hat. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, hats. Okay. Oh, I've tried this. I detest how well organized you are sometimes. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. You already tried it. Of already course, tried. he's already tried it. Can we do a topic, please? Okay, so <laughs> check out check out the uh, the merchandise. And um and yeah, anyone going to SIPS as well gets it um, basically cost price. Um, so messages if you go to SIPS, and we, we'll give you a cost price, uh, cost price T-shirt. Okay, between people who are already patrons and uh, people who are going to SIPS, and people who would Is buy one, Venn, we're talking about a Venn diagram. Venn diagram. <laughs> <laughs> talking about a, a Venn diagram that looks like when someone's really good at target shooting and the things just start overlapping, you start seeing little crescent-shaped divots being taken out of the side of the same hole. Um. That could have been a less tortured analogy. Topic 10. <laughs> okay. Um, we, we, I want to talk about this editorial which came out um, a, a few days ago. And the title, it, th- this was published uh, in a journal with Jack, an acronym. Jack, Jack Case Reports. Yeah. Jack Case Reports, yeah. an open, open access journal. And the title of the editorial is A Perspective on the K-Index. Now, I think we may have spoken about the K-Index previously. 
But in short, what oh, at least once, yeah, at least once. But in short, what it is, it's uh, it's called the Kardashian index because what it looks at, it looks at your number of Twitter followers compared to your number of publications or your H index. Now, I think this is, and and but the the idea being that some people are more famous for being famous than actually doing work. I think it's a little bit unfair. Kardashians are actually very smart business people who who have made an absolute killing. But um, all, all that aside, the basic idea is. That people who have a high K index um, should stop tweeting and get to the and, <laughs> and get 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 back into the lab where they belong. Um, yeah, and look, raise. Da, 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 da. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Everyone knows what you're going to say. I'm going <laughs> to cut you off there before you get too excited and I have to fly over and rub your belly to calm you down, like an <laughs> like an overexcited cat. errant, like an errant Bichon freeze. So I don't think I don't think that the whole Kardashian index thing wasn't supposed to be particularly serious. It was a, it was a, a joke, essentially, more right. or less. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, taking it seriously as an idea, uh, it should be very clear to anyone listening to this: is like if you take one bullshit metric and you make a ratio because it's funny against some other bullshit metric, um, and sort of you know this is the number number of twitter followers versus some fucking h index i mean why don't you just compare your impact factor to your shoe size i mean it's so construct validity none the internal metrics of the metrics stupid um but look this is the kind of thing this is the kind of thing everyone loves to hate you know and when that happens, and I know people are going to be like piling on, everyone's going to be competing who could be the funniest about it, which <laughs> obviously I enjoy a lot of the time because jokes keep my blood flowing these days when it's mostly motor oil and crankiness. Um, let's let's talk about some of the things that aren't terrible about this. The piece starts off quite good. Um, the first half of the piece is going over that. Twitter is a two-sided coin uh, in that uh, it's possible that you can do a lot of good with it. Um, the, the, right. author mentions, okay. the, the author mentions Eric Topol. Okay. You think that was a good bit. I think that was a, I think that was a bad bit. <laughs> I, think it's an incredibly, I think it's an incredibly venal observation that stuff has drawbacks, Dan. I think publishing in journals, which is the alleged thing that you're supposed to be doing instead of Twitter, also has benefits and drawbacks. No. I was saying that a lot of people do these misguided takes on Twitter basically saying it's all bad. So, at least the author is saying that, okay, look, we, you can do some good stuff and gave some examples of some good stuff. And some bad. So a lot of people just dismiss it altogether. So the fact that the author actually begins with this, um, when I saw the title, I was ready to hate it. And I was reading the start. I'm like, okay, you know, I, I see what they're getting at, and I don't disagree with with the first half, even though it's a bit sort of done. But uh, anyway, your your thoughts? Mm, there's one part I liked right at the beginning, and says so the old fashioned method of waiting for peer reviewed journal articles to be published, attending in person meetings, and listening to podcasts for discussion of a research project and implications has merit. I like the fact, I love the fact that podcasts are now in the old fashioned list. James, we've been, oh, we're, <laughs> part, we're part of the establishment, we're part of the curriculum. I mean, hello, hello, anyone that, who's listening to this is part of a curriculum <laughs> that warms my heart. Yeah, someone, this is like any of you out there setting curriculum, anyone who's doing research methods. Yeah, stick this, stick this on a curriculum and make this man right. Um, you know, the traditional approach is also something, something, something. Um, the other side of the coin is it's an excellent way to communicate, and that there's 
you know, there's charlatans and crackpots who don't know what the hell they're talking about. Um, okay. Generally, when I see people arcing up at charlatans and crackpots, I mean, there's, there's going to be people who are wildly overconfident about the, 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 uh, the product of the six remaining nerves that they can string together in their head to form something that gently sighs out of the primordial ooze next to what could be a sentence. And that's not Twitter specific. Um, all you really, the, the best thing that you could do for this is go on Project Gutenberg and read some of the lesser known work of the past. Do you think something's good and venerable because it's 100 years old? You're fucking wrong. Um, a lot of it was more straightforwardly ludicrous than things that people say these days. Um, the idea that, the idea that there's, a, a kind of a public role for people who really know what they're talking about and are effective communicators who are like out there fighting the main forces of bullshit, then they're not really. I'll tell you what I see a lot of the time. I see people who know what they're talking about within some kind of domain yelling at vaguely affiliated people within the same kind of domain. So. MDs of the you, you could put three people on Twitter, right, or any other social media platform. We've seen this on Facebook as well. Um, I'd probably see it on TikTok, but I still I'm not quite sure what it is. Uh, so let's let's take out three people. On one end, we've got uh, Larry, and Larry believes that uh, all disease is um, still caused by an excess of phlogiston. Um, and he, he sells the only device that can suck it out of you that uh, actually looks like a Henry Hoover with a slightly smaller nozzle. Then we have someone who's actually allegedly a doctor, some Dr. Oz character, raspberry ketone selling cross-eyed, nice suit, fucking greasy charlatan, never saw an Uber driver he didn't want to steal a tip from, Right. Some sort, some some venal grasping bastard in the, the the middle of discourse, but who is still within some kind of establishment. And on the end, we have someone who really knows what they're talking about is trying to communicate about it effectively. Who does our third person, which for some reason is a woman in my head? I don't know. Maybe I've got Jen Gunter on the brain. She's just so good at yelling at stuff. It's like that's uh, yeah. Watch the watch the master work. You know. Um, so someone who's in that role, who are they yelling at? Are they yelling at Crazy Larry and his Henry Hoover, or are they yelling at the charlatan ketone guy? Ketone guy. No, no one listened to yeah. Larry. Yeah. Well, actually, Dan, lots of people listen to Larry, but they do it within different social communicative networks. They sure. do it within different affiliative areas. Sure. And there's people like that who've got awfully big megaphones, and they know essentially – nothing and they just don't come across your radar you have to go looking for that you know remember typing things into google yeah you have to go find stuff like that so i'm not sure from this i i really wish i had a short list of people who i thought this lad was talking about <laughs> Do you know what i mean <laughs> it's a little bit hard it's a little bit hard to put into context um I mean, one of the one of the things that happens a lot of the time is that uh, doctors yell at NDs and osteopaths on the internet. That ha that happens a great deal. All right. So are they 
are they all unqualified? Well, a lot of people would say, yes, they are all unqualified, except there's obviously NDs who are not from the kind of Larry universe. Certainly a lot of them are trying. There's such a thing as a sort of embrace of evidence within these less acceptable formal frameworks. I'm not 100% sure what I'm going with this. What it adds up to essentially is watch out for charlatans. But I mean, I I assume that the problem that people are having with it is that the, the idea of how dare you touch my authority. Hey, I worked for that. (laughs) <laughs> get your get your sticky fingers off my megaphone, you pesky little person. What do you think? Yeah, so that that that's really the first issue there is that um and that that was that was my take. It's this idea that we have this we have a lot, a lot of gatekeeping when it comes to how we're publishing journals, and some people seem to be noticing that um, people who didn't have a megaphone before are actually getting the opportunity to voice their opinions via Twitter, via blogs, via podcasts. Um, whereas they couldn't- No, 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 not, po- not podcasts. No, not podcasts. podcasts are old-fashioned. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're old. They're, it's, like, it's like radio. Um, and pe- people are doing these things, and it seems like the gatekeepers are losing their grip. That's one interpretation of this. The gatekeepers are losing their mm. grip, so there's some sort of way of going, hey, we need to only trust certain people with a certain amount of authority, either that's user of experience, that's position, that's H-index, whichever sh- shitty metric you want to use. Only those people should be listened to. So that is one interpretation of this, um, or, or takes like this, which um, which, are be- which are becoming more and more common. Um, there was there was a tweet floating around about a week or two ago saying like, why is it that that PhD students have so many Twitter followers when all they do is ask questions, and all the important researchers <laughs> do, do not have Twitter followers? And I'm like, oh. that, that was that was fucking hilarious. Old I mate mean, got dragged. Um- <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, it's just a. Uh, it, it's not like any of these are new things. I I I I, I said something about that. It's a, the, the the idea of um, well, the idea of social media as a social platform versus social media as a place for you to maintain your authority, where you howl about all the shit you did at a uh, patiently waiting public. Um, yeah, probably the social thing. It's. Probably the social thing, actually <laughs> using it to talk to people. I mean, this is what you can't expect. It's also, I mean, this people now, the tweet that I found most funny recently, I saw something I saw in passing and someone said, well, it's finally happened. Uh, I finally have a student who was born after 9-11 at my university. Like, oh, that wow. puts it in perspective. Okay, so everyone since then is we're not even talking about digital natives anymore. I'm talking about you like can't remember a time before pre internet. We lived before the, we, we not we, not not the no, can't dang out not the internet. That's been a while. I can't remember a time before the ubiquitous internet. So also, you know, that's a skill. So Someone who's growing up, who's got good thumb muscles, who's good at tapping stuff out, good at meeting people, I've, I've good seen, at forming I've, a different kind of social relationship that happens on the internet. I've seen a few Larrys. I've seen a few Larrys online who are arguing that kids are going to get bigger thumbs, kind of like Lamarckian evolution. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh man, we should we should we should keep Looney Larry as a um 
as a, a recurring as a character. character. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, that's I mean that's a, that's this, an amazing. This is a lot better than the the, the chiropractor and the the horns. It's too easy. <laughs> Larry's Larry's a lot funnier. We're gonna go with Larry. Um, Look, we'll, we'll we'll go with Larry. We'll go, with Larry. Look, then the then then the editorial, which which is open access and relatively short, so you can post it and, and read it mm. in, in a sitting while you're drinking coffee out of your everything hurts mug. Then it takes a shift. Yeah, it takes a shift. Mm-hmm. Um, going and it brings up the old uh, the old research parasites. Uh, yeah, term. that is not a good name drop when you're trying That's to. <laughs> yeah, and the argument is okay. So what's going to happen is that Twitter rewards people who are commenting and who are analyzing um, research rather than people that are creating their own research. And uh, okay, and I quote, if an assistant professor can advance by analyzing or commenting on others' research with more rapid publication and recognition opportunity, it may dissuade young clinicians and clinical investigators from participating in the research enterprise because of its much mm. longer latency between work and work product. Yeah, I was wondering if we get to this. Look, you can probably imagine the side of this that I'm on when it comes to is there enough oversight in general? And there's people I've seen incredibly sophisticated Twitter uh, Twitter criticisms and lots of lots of other things of things that have the same kind of immediacy. Let's not pretend that that somehow it's a. I mean, the most common heavy duty criticism I see is a is a tweet with a pub peer link in it. It's just as easy to look on PubPeer. It's also a website. Um, the the idea that oh, well, you should all about be doing primary research and not gabbing around the goddamn water cooler. Honestly, when there was a lot less research output, I bet there was the equivalent amount of like screwing off and talking about things. I remember doing a ton of this in my life before Twitter. Chewing something over, trying to figure out whether or not it happens. Like talking about who knows what, what's a, what's available to apply for, what's been applied for, how's she doing, what's going on. It's just all written down now. Um, I, I, there's, and I've, I, I hesitate to even go. I mean, they got the, we got the peanut gallery thing here, and we got the research parasite. They're not the just the right look for a call out. You're gonna go with something like this. We sort of like calibrate your expectations. It, it feels it feels a bit premature to be going when so many things need a really good solid criticize and a big kick up the hole. When we're, we're talking, and a lot of the criticisms are directly related to the issues in the editorial. At least the ones I see, uh, medical researchers should be doing primary medical research. I think um, a lot of people think they should be doing less research. Um, <laughs> and more, more critique. And they should... And they should be, uh, and they should be spending more time on the stuff that they do. Or they should like these ridiculous surgeons last year who published the paper about post hoc power. I think they could probably nah. use a few <laughs> yes. more, listening to a few more Twitter criticisms. Look, the the only um you know? the only Twitter bot that I've ever been tempted to make is um a, a quote which is often used in this context is um no one ever erected a statue to a critic. I want to create a Twitter bot which responds to that text with a picture of Roger Ebert. Someone made a. Made, someone made a, a statue of him, and and it's basically a cough, cough, and here's here's a, here's a picture on the Wikipedia page of the statue. Wouldn't that wouldn't that be incredible? Try to do a James weekend project. You liked that, didn't you? Do, you? do you know how to make a Twitter? But it's just the idea of you going out and automating that that particular annoyance is obviously quite funny. Um, I wonder if there's a statue of Lester Bangs anywhere. 
just a quick, that's a quick Google away. But yeah, there there is a statue. No, I don't I don't think so. There is a statue um, of uh, maybe. There's definitely one statue of, of Roger Ebert, uh, the, the famous movie critic, um, uh, who passed away unfortunately a few years ago. Um, but yeah, he's got a statue um, sitting on a bench, and you can go sit next to Roger Ebert and talk about movies. Um, but yeah, I want to make a Twitter bot that does that for people who who put out that. It's a very specific quote, so it's very easy to do a bot. There is a bot that that it's really annoying bot actually that um that corrects people who spell LaTeX incorrectly <laughs> even with the um oh. even with the case like yeah that that's annoying um because people oh. are well intentioned but uh, to do the um but that's just that's just trolly so, no, so, one, someone, no one gives a shit so, someone's trolling that's, but it all, it always pops it's up it's like you, arguing whether or not meta science and preprint have a hyphen in them that's just care, doesn't, doesn't matter um yeah so it doesn't matter these these things yeah so so this idea that um you know, people should be shielded from criticism. This this comes back to it wasn't said, but what's implied here is let's go back to well, let's let's stick with the current system of criticism of where we we uh, we we submit letters to journals and we you we, we do it the old way and we we, we both know that doesn't work. Yeah, um, this this feels like something that is is liable to be misinterpreted by people who want to go hard on it because of what it seems to represent. I don't look at the end of the day. I don't know how much of this I can get real because people have made the same sorts of points here in far more inflammatory and authoritarian language than is actually happening here. I mean, if you, a, a generous reading of this would be uh, realize that there can be a gap between platform and expertise, and sure. which is the kind of the first half of the, of the, the editorial. Yeah, but the. Well, yeah, there's obviously I see the sort of like commitment to pu- publishing over uh, every any other activity that you could ever possibly do. Like, so the only valuable thing that you can do with your time. I'm like, well, it's pretty valuable. If the study's going to go out there and start killing other people, it's pretty valuable to point out that that's not the case, and you can do that. Um, it also, even just talking shit helps people. Yeah, you know. If you look, I've 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 had this happen to me several times. I've said something glib and unpleasant about something because I occasionally am glib and unpleasant. And believe me, Twitter didn't do that. I had that on lock before you ever convinced me to join that cesspool. And someone said, "Oh, why would you say something that's like that?" I thought that was good. What's all this about? Like, oh shit! Okay, uh, let me marshal a series of appropriate references and send them to you, and uh, we can talk about why I really don't like that thing. So, it can be the invitation to a conversation. It can be. It can be a way to read a goddamn zeitgeist. I mean, at some point in time, if you have hundreds of people and they're all being glib and unpleasant about something, there's probably a reason if we're talking about a paper or an idea or a, a theory. I mean, they, you, yeah, maybe maybe it encourages hastiness. Maybe it encourages disagreement. Certainly it has to encourage glibness because it's literally the meaning of the platform. That's what the twat is. But... 
I don't know. I hope I'm going somewhere with with all this. I hope people were nice to this guy. I mean, the other thing is as well, we can think of this from a vaguely strategic perspective. And there's a whole internet community full of people who are very good at being furious about everything. And when someone says, look, the idea of your community is terrible and that you, 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 you're all intemperate and you overreact to everything, immediately making them right is a poor strategic move. Mm. <laughs> So, but I assume everyone's seen this by now and we've all moved on to our next excrescence. So maybe it's far too late for me to say this. And considering there's a lag between us recording our uh, old fashioned podcast and when it's actually going to be released. <laughs> it's going to be five days. The, uh, the other, other thing is, well, I've one more nice thing about this fella. There's lots of people who are very senior in very senior positions doing very senior things. Yeah. And they've 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 all they've all got uh, nice cars and professional beards and shit. Like it's even the everyone everyone has a beard. I don't know why I made that up. Um, there's an awful lot of people who still would never write an editorial about Twitter in the first place. They'd never try and engage with the idea of a platform. They certainly wouldn't have the the kind of courage, like knowing that the whole thing can be intemperate, to write it down and stick it in front of people in the first place. Now I don't know if I'm being too reasonable, and that's a weird thought for me to have. We should probably stop before I start being really pleasant. We will post a link to the editorial on the show notes um, as well. Yeah, as and everything. all the and all your your special little wizards. You can all, I wrote them down. You can put them in the show notes as well. I'll I'll put them up there. Don't forget the uh, the discount and, code. And a pi- we can put anything we want in the show notes. I want to put a picture of a fish. I'm going to write fish. We, you know what? There is actually the option. I haven't tried it yet. I'm not sure how it'll work on people's podcast clients, but we're, we're going to give it a go. Um, it might throw an error up. We'll, we'll find out. We're going to put. Yeah, we'll put, why not? Picture of a fish. Um, which um, is a clue for a future guest we're going to have on the show within the next few episodes. <laughs> oh, oh wow. Dan, Dan, you've that—that that was a great segue because I had didn't even—I was literally just thinking about fish. <laughs> okay, I, I thought I thought maybe you were going that way, but we we are going to have no. Hertz is um Hertz is crossing uh, crossing disciplines, yeah. Um, and we're we're gonna anyway. I'm going to give too much away. Um, it's thank- always it's always better than when we do. It's fun. We should do that more often. What? Let's Pre- have let's have a construction worker. I there's another person who's in a different field. I want to get on as well. Um. Anyway, th- this is something that we're that we're thinking about. Thank you for listening to the show. Um. And for supporting us. Um. You know, we've had over a thousand people rate the podcast, James. What? Yes. Really? Yes. We we're at four and a half stars. Um. We've is had, that good? Yeah, well, it's out of five. I think it's pretty good. Well, I don't, I don't know what's normative. I it's listen like to a- other podcasts and people are like, go and give me five stars. Ah, my feelings this, my feelings that. Like every single, it, it feels like three times an episode and I we- can't, I, I barely remember. I mean, I forget that we have a podcast when I talk to other people <laughs> sometimes. It's- yeah, we, we hardly ever mention that. But um, yeah, rate us and join, I think, almost one and a half thousand people. Um, no, have, rate us well. Rate us well. And, um, yes. and pe- people have written comments. The good thing is now we've got a system where we actually get all the comments from um, previously when we saw the comments from the Australian or the American or the Norwegian iTunes store, which considering there's another mm. 150 iTunes stores, but now we've actually managed to collect all the ratings and the comments together. So we see them all. And it's fantastic. There, were even, is, there, there was one good, written in German it? as well. And I did the old Google Translate and it was quite complimentary. Um, dust podcast. 
Did it really say DOS podcast? I hope it did. Can we change our name? Is Do- it too late to change our name? DOS I've completely podcast. forgiven the Germans, even though I was rude to them before for no reason whatsoever. I've, uh, I haven't been listening to what you've been saying. I've been Googling, <laughs> looking for a particular photo of a fish that I, I really wanted. Um, and I can't, I can't find. Yeah, we're going to have to stop because oh. I have, I have fish to research. Fish, fish on the brain. Yes. So thanks, thanks for all the writing, uh, ratings that comes up. And um, yeah, we, we're doing quite well on the old rankings on different, different iTunes stores. We're now in the top hundred of the um, the social sciences in, in, in the states, which has the, the biggest listenership. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So that that's all. There's probably there's probably so many when you think about it. There's probably lots of like really big pop science podcasts that fit within that rubric. Mm, so I'm surprised with that, with that high, to be honest. Yeah, because there is a lot of pop science stuff. Anyway, we're going to wrap up. Thanks for listening oh, to the show. I found, I found it. I found it. I found it. I found the fish. Cool. I we're found po- the fish. We're Everyone, go go to go, your homes. Go go. Yes. Sorry. I have I have fish to download. We're okay. done. I hope you're all well. Love you, etc. Big kisses. Whatever. Okay. Goodbye. See ya. Bye.